0: Hello and welcome to the Doula UK podcast. My name is Leela Baker and today with me I have Anna. Anna, can you introduce yourself please?
1: Hi, yes, um, I'm Anna. I'm a doula in Cambridge. Um, yeah, I've been a doula since, well, trained in 2009 and been doulaing actively since 2012.
0: Thank you. Um, so today we're going to be talking about a surrogacy journey that you were involved in um please can you explain what surrogacy is
1: okay so surrogacy essentially is um where you carry a, a child for somebody else for whatever reason that um that that needs to happen
0: um and some of the reasons what are some of the reasons that a family might decide to to have a surrogate um or to embark on that journey with a surrogate
1: um I've learned of lots of different kinds of people that have them so um so in my situation the mother has a lifelong condition with many um many drugs that mean that a pregnancy would not be safe um mm-hmm. uh, sometimes two men a men couple might want to have a baby as many do now um so it might be a woman that has had you know, has lost any of her reproductive organs through whatever reason. Um,
0: okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, and can you just confirm that you have permission from the family to share the information that you're sharing today?
1: Yes, absolutely. I let her know yesterday
0: what I was going to do. Lovely. Um, so, please tell us how you involved, how you got involved in a surrogacy pregnancy.
1: Um so it was quite a few years ago. I don't know why, I don't know how, because I can't remember. Um, but I thought of the idea of surrogacy and I had completed I have four children of my own and so I am so done with having my own children and I have you know they're all older now, so I'm not I don't feel the need to have another baby. Um and so I thought about surrogacy i contacted surrogacy uk who sent me some information through um about everything and then i just sat on that information really and didn't pursue it for no real reason um and then it was a few years ago that a friend doula colleague um she had known about this because i had dropped it into conversation with a few people at whenever I must have done it and um, she said she contacted me and said are you still thinking about surrogacy and I said well I haven't thought about it but I haven't you know I'm still open to it and she said because I've met a lovely couple who are looking for a surrogate um, so I was like okay so she arranged to meet us for us to meet up and um, which we did it was very much like a blind date in that. We we're meeting somebody who this could be a massive thing for um and so we met and just in a costa coffee and just met up really the three of us and met chatted um so obviously afterwards she our mutual friend then um presumably asked the mum as well as myself um you know how we felt about it And as i'd reflected on it i thought well i've got why not i've got no reason to say no um so yeah we kind of took it from there so i got back to so the doula very much sort of was our matchmaker um and yeah and so sort of let us both know that yeah let's see where this goes um and so then we started communicating off our own backs and then it just went from there really and mm-hmm. here we are now.
0: And can you can you tell us about some of the challenges that you had with this pregnancy compared to your other pregnancies was it different in any way? Um, well
1: all of my children were welcome surprises as I call them <laughs> I've got pregnant without trying um, and got on with it really so I mean I've always suffered in my pregnancies with varying degrees of nausea and sickness um first one being the worst that was awful but for me it's even though I've had uncomfortable pregnancies I have always loved it and so it's a very special precious time um and so that's why I was open to do that no matter what what happened within it and so I know that I can get through it and that's what and it's only a relatively short time for the sake of a the the gift of a child um so yeah so obviously I was the very nature is that it was IVF um that created our you know our precious surrogate baby um and so yeah it was very different from that point of view really Um, so lots of medical appointments before,
0: during and afterwards. Um, yeah, I think, um, (laughs) sometimes an IVF pregnancy can feel, can feel different. I mean, you've got a lot of hormones involved that haven't happened, you know, haven't started the the process hasn't started in a, in a natural way, shall I say, spontaneous way. Um, and so it can feel different, um, sometimes with IVF and that whole kind of, I don't know about you, but I, I had, um, a sense of, of not unease, but kind of, there was more fear or not fear. Um, that's, that's not the right word. Maybe worry about whether or not it would all go smoothly because it hadn't happened spontaneously. Um, you know, kind of that science over nature type debate in my mind so i, I and I, with the hormones as well i i did have more nausea in my IVF pregnancy than i did in my spontaneous pregnancies
1: okay that's interesting
0: yeah, yeah. um did did knowing that it was um a gift for other people make that make the pregnancy challenges easier to bear um, I mean, it's certainly under a lot of pressure
1: because obviously you're doing this, and although yeah it's a it is a business essentially because you know there's money involved, obviously from this point of view, there's a lot of money, and I was aware of that, and so because from my point of view, because I got pregnant with my own without trying i'm I was thinking well surely being put in the in the most. You know perfect environment of timing and you know all the medical knowledge about doing this that you know how could I not get pregnant because mm. I'm being made pregnant at the perfect time yeah um so yeah there was that and obviously knowing the money that goes behind it yep. and it's like right let's do this um can I ask how many attempts it took for you to become pregnant um, well, the first time, the first implantation, we had one embryo put in and then, then you have to sit and wait for two weeks yeah. um, and then testing, which is a very long two weeks mm-hmm. of waiting when you know that you could be pregnant. Again, when you get pregnant naturally, most of the time you don't know. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm pregnant. Um, but this is like, am I pregnant? And so that's a lot of ah, waiting. Yeah. yeah, And then when we did, we did the test together, which is what I really wanted. I wanted them to find out at the same time as me, because to yeah. me that feels right. Um, and it was a and it was a positive. So we were like, "Yay, it's worked!" And for me, it was like, "Well, of course it's worked. I'm pregnant." <laughs> um, yeah. And then, unfortunately, two days later, I started bleeding, which I've never experienced in any of my pregnancies. Yeah. So it was like, a, "Oh my goodness!" And phoned them. It was something like six in the morning. And I was like trying to phone them, saying, "Oh, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding," and then phoning the clinic, uh, yeah, and just having to start that. And then unfortunately, it was confirmed as a loss. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then we, I think, the positive pregnancy that we've just ended was number six, I think. Okay. So we've had several attempts, which is all of journey. Yeah. So we were medicated quite early on to protect the pregnancy um, with progesterone and um, yeah. And just sort of had so much more into it just to try and make it happen. But unfortunately none of the others even came up with a positive. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then we had a bit of a gap because we didn't have any embryos at the time left um, because she'd, She'd had some embryos to start, so we used those up. So some of the times we were having one put in, and other times we'd have two put in, yeah. just to maximize that chance of something taking, but also upping the risk of one, two, three, four babies yeah. being created. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we kind of looked into that and thought, well, you know, it's a risk. And I was like, yeah, just put all the embryos in. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it, and it didn't happen in those other times so it was always a roller coaster of because we'd have a loss and then we'd try again as soon as cycle was back into back into rhythm um and so it was very much uh you have you go through all the process of having the implantation and then you wait and then you find out and with the negatives and then you go down and then you go right let's go again and go up again um So in the end, we had a bit of a a break from it all. We were still very much in contact because out of our journey to start surrogacy together, a beautiful friendship was formed, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I really hope always lasts. They only live a few miles away from me. So we've been in regular contact um, We're very much my children who are still at home with me and myself are very much... You know, active within in our friendship with them, and so it's very much a social um, relationship as well as this surrogacy relationship. Yeah. Um, so finally, we decided to change clinics to one that she'd heard about that has twice the success rate as any of the others, apparently. Um, and so, but it was very high maintenance in that they do a lot of work leading up. To it, so they're very much looking at my body at the absolute optimum time through scans and blood tests. So we were backwards and forwards to London very often, every couple of days at the peak, um, to have blood tests and scans just to find that opportune moment. And then yeah. on the day of the implantation, we had to go early, and then they had to do. Um, yeah, blood test and then we had to hang around and wait to see and then we got the phone call to say right yep yeah, come on let's do this on that day so it was very much oh my goodness um yeah and then waited again and this clinic was very different because normally in the others they say right do the pee on the stick and then so we found that answer ourselves but this clinic um they do it with the blood test so then yeah. we weren't even the first to know which felt a bit we want to know first Um, but to be told, right, you're pregnant, it was still exciting, but because of all the losses, we didn't get excited too soon. Um, And so because the mother previously has had a surrogate who they got pregnant with um, and then lost it at nine weeks, oh, sorry, 11 weeks, sorry. Um, And so for her, you know, she couldn't get excited for quite some time. And so I didn't want to get excited until she was excited because yeah, it just didn't feel right to. Um, yeah. And then eventually as time went on and I was having, still having blood tests regularly um, fortunately my doctors was able to do it for us on a private basis. So I wasn't having to go to London and literally knit around the corner yeah. um, and to hear those, I soon learnt about the progesterone levels and um, and things, and
0: learnt that the it's a steep learning up. curve, isn't it, the this IVF pregnancy business? Yeah, all sorts I've of words so and stuff that you never treatment. used before.
1: Yes, and and phoning up clinics and saying, oh, I just had a, uh, my periods on and things like that, yeah. and they're just yeah. very matter of practice. Yes. <laughs> you get excited about periods coming and ovulation and things because you know it's all part of. Yeah. Knowing the timing. So, um, yeah, when we were starting, it's like, Oh, I've got a period. That means in a few days we can have an implantation and things. Um, but yeah. So, and and eventually the pregnancy was stable. And so every day that it stayed and we got to a place where we all felt safe, it was just a real reassurance. And so they didn't, they didn't tell people until about 20 weeks just because They didn't want to have to, you don't want to have to deal with other people knowing. No. And getting excited and then having to tell them, oh no. Um, Yeah, and so I didn't tell people for a lot longer. I told people that I trusted because for me the support, well, in fact, the support from the very beginning was critical um, to know that I had those people that I can go to that aren't
0: immediately involved. yeah, sometimes it can, you know, there's, there's, there's several schools of thought over when you tell people that you're pregnant. I mean, even if it's not um, a situation like this, um, you know, some people like to keep it private and, and um, until they're sure that it's going to go ahead. I find that, that that can be difficult at places like work and, and, and things like that, where actually, you know, in that first few weeks, you might be feeling the most tired or the most distracted or the most nauseous. Um, and it might be helpful if your employer could give you, you know, some concessions make some, some reasonable concessions for you over that time period. Um, and then again, if you know, if it doesn't, if it's not a successful pregnancy, if the baby doesn't, you know, make it to full term, um, then, you know, it's I, I find that it would help if you had told people so that they could support you through that. Um, I don't, if it's a, yep. I don't know if it's a Western thing or a modern thing. Um, they're keeping it a secret, you know, until, until you're 12 or 13 weeks. Um, but it makes me sad to think that people might be secretly pregnant and then secretly losing their babies and not being able to share that with people. That, that makes me sad. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean,
1: in my work as a doula, obviously I can pick and choose when I'm working. And so, you know, very much a lot of my work was put on hold during this journey, just because I wanted to focus on it and be available as I needed to be for much of the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do remember on our last loss, it, um, it, we'd got the negative test. So I knew I wasn't pregnant anymore. Um, and then I'd gone to a birth because I'd been on call as a, as a doula and um, I'd been, I'd gone to the birth and it was during the labor that I started bleeding and that was really, really hard. But I just felt like it must've been for a reason and so I was supporting this couple. So yeah, I cried a lot at that birth, which you can get away with because tears yeah. at a brother, perfectly acceptable. <laughs> and then afterwards, when I was leaving them, um, one of the um, midwives who I know, a male midwife funnily enough um he was in in a room and as I was leaving and I just said to him can I have a hug and I explained why because it wasn't for me to tell those parents what was happening to me this was their time of their baby Mm -hmm. um and so I said you know can I have a hug because I needed that and then I debriefed to I think it was my old doula mentor I said can I chat with you just to yeah kind of let it be and it just felt although it was really hard it almost felt like it was meant to be yeah and yeah and so that was our last little loss
0: um yeah Uh, but so how did the antenatal care work with with your pregnancy with the last pregnancy
1: yeah so um we decided to hire an independent midwife um for our care which was decided sort of right at the beginning and obviously we were finally able to employ her um because from my point of view i was well, I was 45 when I gave birth. So, you know, I was at that point in life where, you know, um, I would get lots of risk factors. Um, and also I'm aware that IVF in itself can be perceived as having risk factors in the pregnancy and birth. And also my last two babies were cesarean. And so another risk factor to add to my to my collection. Um, and so I wanted that continuity of care guaranteed so that I could sit, know that that midwife has taken us on knowing that all of my risks and all the story and just not have to keep going into things. And so really have that continuity of care. Yeah. Um, so it was lovely because, you know, we'd have the, um, I'd virtually always go over to, um, the independent mother, um, intended mothers, sorry. Um, House and we'd have it together, and so it very much it was just really relaxed. But obviously, getting that information, and so she would because it's been twelve years since I'd had a baby, and despite having worked with clients, obviously and knowing lots of um, up to date information and knowledge, for myself, I hadn't had a baby for so long, so it was almost like starting again in some ways. Um, so yeah, so we had that continuity of antenatal care um and i had a really straightforward pregnancy apart from a bit of nausea and vomiting in the early weeks and then it would come on randomly and then go again um throughout but that i'm used to that um yeah and all of my tests and things were you know nothing ever flagged up really um apart from the very end when his one of the scans because we had a couple of later scans because of my older age um and so he, his weight, had, his growing had um, slowed down a bit. So yeah. we kind of negotiated that. Um, but yeah, I've had the healthiest and most comfortable pregnancy out of all of them.
0: How, how much time did, apart from the appointments, how much time did you spend with the intended parents during the pregnancy? Um, a lot because they live so close. So it was
1: very much like we'd just go and hang out together. Um, obviously, again, we'd meet up for the appointments. Um We hired a reflexologist who we, who I knew already. And so she'd come and do it there. Um, Yeah. And we'd have social times with the children. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We, yeah, we spent last Christmas with them. Um, Yeah. So a lot, which was lovely. And it just really, it really solidified and built on our relationship um, for the journey really. So it was beautiful. I love it we had that
0: did did you have any moments of doubt or concern that you might find it hard to let go of the baby once he was born
1: um not doubt but I think concern is kind of inevitable because right from the beginning I felt that um I wanted it to you know I knew it was going to be biologically theirs and I don't think I could have done it in any other way yeah because we'd spent about a year getting to know each other, building up the relationship before the first <clears throat> implantation. Um, so, you know, that really proves and shows how how much, you know, I knew how much this baby, you know, this baby, whichever yeah. baby it was, yeah. to them. Um, and so, yeah, when you see that, and because they live... Right by her, um, her, her family's house, her parents' house, um, and so they're a part of it as well. And so when you see how precious this baby is, for me there was, you know, of course the doubts, you know, the concerns came. Oh, is it going to be hard? Which is why me getting my support in early was so crucial, because I needed people to keep me okay. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it just. But then it never became an issue, really, about whether I could let go of this baby. It wasn't biologically mine it used to give. You know, I didn't want a baby. I, you know, I was getting sleepless nights at times in the pregnancy. I, want my sleep. And, yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, you know, I get, I'm more tired naturally as we do when we age. So yeah. I didn't want to, you know, have the demands of a baby. So you know, it wasn't my baby to give. I'll grow it for nine months and then that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, but not funny. But when I when I think about whether or I've you know, thought several times um, about whether or not I it's something that I could do personally, um, and I, I I just felt that generally when I've got pregnant, I think because I've did you know even the ones who aren't who weren't planned um, surprise babies, as you say, um, <laughs> I feel so passionately. Attached to them, from the moment I know that they're there or suspect that they're there, even. Yeah. Um, I I don't know then how I would go through that pregnancy. Not controlling that attachment, but you know, it just being People mindful of it. um yeah. And I think you know, yeah. It, it, if then if the baby is not biologically yours, and because there are situations where the baby is biologically the host mothers yeah. uh, host host body you know um, yeah. I think that might help definitely um, yeah it's, it's hard but I was just reminded of a video that I saw a couple of days ago of a sheep who had had a baby and the baby was still born and the another sheep who had two babies gave that sheep one of her babies I, no, just just gave no, it. No. Yeah, I mean, she was crying. So, uh, they, you know, they took the farmers took the the baby who had died away, the lamb who had died yeah. away, um, and the other mother just pushed the baby towards the sheep. Um, and then there's a picture of them, sort of, you know, not co-parenting, but literally one mum, one mother sheep, on one part of the field with one baby, and the other one a few meters away, you know, doing really good social distancing um yeah. away yeah. with the uh, with the other baby um oh, and i just it made me bump. cry because yes. it
1: was so yeah, sweet was <laughs> yes. because you know i know i know that farmers do that
0: sometimes yeah but the <laughs> but sheep did too, it. It well according baby. to this yeah. story the sheep did it um yeah which did yeah. seem so beautiful yeah yeah because um how, how yeah. did the birth go
1: um, so, yeah, I mean, my plan was to have um, a vaginal birth after caesarean because I know that my body is capable of birthing. And because of all of my work now, I am blessed to know so much information and resources to be able to maximise my chance of that happening. And so I kind of dedicated a lot of the pregnancy to that. Um, and so we kind of had a plan A, plan B. Um probably plan c as well um and so it was in my mind at the very beginning to have a lovely home birth in their house so their baby could be born in their house um but as time went on because the mother's had lifelong medical conditions um her, her life is very much medicalized and so for her that is life and so although you know we've kind of, i've kind of taught her and she's learned along the way you know well they both have obviously i can't forget the father <laughs> but most of our involvement was the mother and me um and so yeah she kind of learned about you know knowing that this had a high risk because of my um previous cesareans and so we we communication was the key really because it was like you know i'd tell her what i thought and you know wanted and then she would find out about it or listen to me and listen to others and so we did a lot of negotiation um just to find our our mutual um agreement on these things so that it was a lot of give and take between us yeah um so i'd we'd had appointments with the um consultant midwife at the hospital. Um, about what kind of birth I could achieve. Unfortunately, because I know her more personally, she was able to really sort of understand what I wanted and help us in planning um, the different options really, whilst obviously doing her duty and giving us the information um, and thing about risks and recommendations. Um, but she wholly supported us in our choices, um, and then I also saw um, an obstetrician which really made me downhearted because her approach was more medicalized obviously, mm-hmm. um, which kind of influenced the parents quite a bit because it made them look at that aspect and so it was quite a difficult time um, to look at those yeah to kind of have those conversations, but because of our solid friendship um, you know we kind of we ne- it was challenging at times, but we never lost the the unity that we
0: had between us, really. Um, that can happen with couples, though, can't it? You know, um, oh, over those, uh, there's lots of, of times where you have to, try, you know, the couple have to try and find a place in the middle of either a highly medicalised or even just, just two different styles of birth or parenting. Um, so it's a bit like a three-parent situation for you. Definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was because this is another thing that I program my brain because this is my body, but I want to give them the baby that the pregnancy and the birth that they can't do themselves. And I want them to be a massive part of that because this is their opportunity to have that. And so I wanted to make it as much theirs as possible because to me that was, you know, I've, I've done mine my, my ways. And so, although some aspects were important to me in a physiological sense, but in, a whole, in the whole sense, this is their birth. And so I wanted to make, although I, there was never any question that they wouldn't be there at the birth.
0: And how, at what point did you give the baby to the mother?
1: Um, so right at the very beginning, as you think about how everything will be done, I'd very much imagined that I take the baby and I pass it to her to me. That was just a lovely picture and symbolistic of me Physic, because I knew I was giving them a baby, but I wanted to physically give them the baby. Um, because in the labour, things didn't progress as ideal and i believe a lot of that was down to being watched watched by doctors coming in um and midwives and and just sort of having people there all the time um i feel like things weren't able to progress as much as they might have done if we if it had been far more natural as it were Um, and so with we were being pushed to have a cesarean uh, which i really didn't want unless I had a very strong sense of knowing that I would know what I needed because that's what happened with my son Um, in his birth. I knew that I needed a cesarean. I didn't want one, but I knew I needed one. It was just this instinct. And so all along we talked about how I believed that I would know and they trusted that. that. But when you've got um, doctors coming in and saying, Oh, we think this is our recommendation. We think this is what should happen. Eventually you feel that pressure and that in itself can be detrimental to a natural low labour process um, so I'd said right I want some time on my own and to go for a walk just me and our doula at the time was like oh I'll come with you and I was like no I need to be on my own because I need to work this out myself and so one of the, the midwife was, was like do you want to come, me to come so I was like all right because I felt she was a bit more impartial Because I didn't know her previously. So we walked and I just, I talked. I didn't need anything to come back to me. I just needed to offload Um, and I worked through everything that was going on. Um, Because for me, because of my previous caesareans, they were quite difficult situations for different ways. And so I was afraid of having a caesarean because I knew it was going to, I felt that it would, it had bad experiences for me and so it was something I really wanted to avoid um and then in the end I just just through myself just by talking and thinking I knew that because at the end of the day this was my birth but it wasn't because of what I said about um it being their birth and so I decided right okay to do it on my terms um and so got back and I said right let's do this so because obviously going to theatre only one person could come in and because we'd always known that the theatre birth was possible um, the father had decided he wasn't comfortable with being in and we knew that we couldn't have a doula in there and so the mother being highly used to medical situations yeah. was comfortable with it so that was our natural choice really and then the plan was for the mother to take the baby out straight after the birth whenever appropriate to the father, and then the doula would come in to be with me um, and that's what happened and I just remember a lovely moment well first of all, because it was quite quiet in theater, I ended up with nearly all the theater staff and it was just so relaxed because i wasn't I was in labor obviously, but I wasn't um, suffering at all um, and so it was very relaxed and setting it all up, which is not something that i would had the experience of before. Um, and so, yeah, it was one of the anaesthetists was someone that I know personally from the village. And she said, oh, are you, are you okay with me being in here? I said, yes, it's actually not nice to have a familiar face in here.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, and so it was done and I didn't have any pain. Everything was went really straightforward compared to my previous caesareans. Um, so it was just really healing to have that experience and um, all the little things that I'd never noticed before and then we heard him before we saw him he made himself very known that he his presence very known that he had arrived Um, and then he was brought up so and it was lovely because one of the, somebody must, I must have said something at some point and it'd been recorded because when the midwife said, oh, you want to pass the baby to her, to the mother. Um, and so at the time, I'm obviously there, down on the table, my arms were either side of me and so the mother was beside my head. And so they kind of, they said, Oh, you want to pass him. So I'm thinking, well, how's this going (laughs) to (laughs) happen? Um, so he was kind of brought up between us next Mm -hmm. to my head and Mm -hmm. apparently I gave him a little kiss, which I don't remember. Um, and then I just said, so I kind of, I think I tried to shuffle him over, but in the end, I just said, take your baby. Yeah. Um, because that just, yeah. So I'm still giving, giving her her baby. Um, And then, yeah, so she took him, and then obviously he had to go and be checked, but I said, so she was sitting with me, and I said, go and be with your baby, because I knew that that moment she must have been torn between looking after me and being with her baby. Um, Yeah, and so she went, and then she took him out to have this beautiful meeting with his father, which has been recorded on video, which they captured, of her taking him out and it it makes me cry every time I see it and every time I (laughs) look at it it's so beautiful because that was the birth of a family which was so, which has been 10 years sorry (laughs) um, which was 10 years waited for and longed for Um, and the doula came in to be with me and give me that support as I was obviously being stitched up um, in theatre yeah and then she stayed with me and then during our time in hospital, they were, the hospital was just amazing um, in how they dealt with it because it's not something that our particular hospital has very much experience of, um, but it was just amazing because they put, put, they sent the baby and the parents to one bit. So they were together and then I had a side room. Well, first of all, I was in recovery. Um and then I was moved to a side room on the ward because obviously it could have been really difficult for me being in a ward with other mums and yes, babies. Yes. And um, so that was they dealt with that really sensitively and appropriately. Um yeah, and then they were in the they were taken to the ward, which is normally for situations where the baby needs care but the mother doesn't. Um and then they would come up and see me and they'd bring him and I had cuddles with him. Um in recovery and then in the ward and it felt fine because I was very much then how do I feel um and it was just and I just genuinely felt fine it felt like I just felt this amazing peace um yeah and so and the way that I looked at it was that when I'd cuddle him it, it felt like it didn't feel like my baby yeah. um it felt like when you When you have a really special person in your life who has a baby and that baby's special because their parents are special, yeah
0: that's what it felt like, like
1: and a family so,
0: member or like your niece or your nephew, or you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I 've never had that experience because I don't have nieces or nephews but
1: but that's how it felt i've had many special people who've had babies, and so I love those babies
0: because I love their parents mm-hmm. and that's how it felt um yeah. which is the best you can hope for, isn't it, really? that you it know, was. You, you, Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I was just so relieved and delighted and just so in love with how it all worked out, really, um, because it wasn't that, oh, my goodness, you know. I mean, I crave to cuddle him because he's so special to me, but I think it's from that point of view, rather than it being, oh, my goodness, I'm missing my
0: baby. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was just very positive. How was it agreed that the immediate postnatal period would work? Um, It was kind of fluid because we had ideas, but we were
1: open to changes of plans. So it was, you know, had I not had a cesarean, then we might have all been together. Um, So it was very open, really. And so how it happened was just, you know, given the situation of the birth, really. Um, Yeah, and the fact that it, the hospital was so supportive and so you know it's kind of it was very much sort of led by right do you want to do this yeah and so it was all very sensible and, and acceptable, really for everybody so and it just worked really well so I can't see how else it could have been done really yeah um, and how about and feeding we- about
0: how, how did baby get milk um,
1: so, again, this was something that we talked over a long time before. I mean, one of um, my doula colleagues who's a breastfeeding counsellor, she'd come around and done a session with us about um, about everything to do with breastfeeding, but not breastfeeding. Um, yeah, so we'd um, lined up everything. So I had been trying to harvest colostrum in the weeks leading up to the birth, but unfortunately struggled with that. My body was just not playing ball uh, but they'd contacted a lo- local milk bank who'd um, delivered them a supply of breast milk before the baby had been born and um, so they had all that lined up and then over time and a lot of effort for myself I managed to get my milk going and with some wonderful support from um, local doula breastfeeding supporters and breastfeeding counsellors um, yeah and I'm so he was and then milk bank delivered some more milk later on um i mean going back just a little bit his the timing of his birth was perfect because he was born on a monday and then it was on the friday where the coronavirus stuff all kicked in um which kind of changed everything and would have changed our whole experience for the worst really yeah. had it happened then yeah um so I had the support of doulas coming in and helping me out practically um, in the days after the, the birth, which was absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal.
0: phenomenal. Absolutely um, wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Great. <laughs>
1: yeah. My daughter, my 14 um, year old daughter was absolutely ecstatic. She said, we've never had so much food in the house. People were <laughs> inundating us with food. Um, and the parents were just sending food and, um sending the doula to get food um for us and get, do shopping and people locally were saying right if there's anything I, we can do let's know and so we were just so well cared for i had help from the doula breastfeeding counselors to get my breastfeeding well, milk production going um which obviously was challenging without having a baby present, so it kind
0: also of, because um, you had a cesarean and that can sometimes yeah. affect the onset of the milk supply um, exactly. sort of delay that slightly if, if that's a, a yeah. challenge in itself um
1: yes but um but yeah, so that beautiful magical special little baby existed on solely breast milk from me and the donors for eight weeks um but then because of the virus um that meant that they, so they weren't able to get any more milk from the milk bank. And she was reluctant to use unknown donors just because of her um, condition means that she has to be so careful um, about, about any, any infection really. So, um,
0: so, and lots of people for, for other reasons as well, lots of people aren't comfortable using milk from an unknown donor, which is, you know, completely understandable. Yeah. So, um,
1: Yes so I'm at well we're at 12 weeks we were well we're 12 weeks today in fact since his birth and I'm still expressing and in the early days when I couldn't drive we were um, a local friend in the village is a uber driver and so he wasn't working but we were able to employ him to very safely take the milk from mine to his yeah so it was very beneficial to everybody I was producing the milk and getting it picked up he was getting a little bit of work yeah. and they were able to receive the work and then he and he pick he'd pick up shopping on the way for them as well oh, because they and then um by the time that i was able to drive again i've been taking the milk over weekly and so i can see i see them and him from a distance um yeah, and I just really want to cuddle them, but oh. you know, I know that their health and well being is the most important thing so that I can cuddle them when we're able to. Yeah, um, yeah so, Milt, I don't have any plans as to how long, but I'm just going to keep going. So, he's on mostly formula now, but she likes to give him at least one bottle a day just so he's getting that daily breast milk fix for all the yeah. benefits that that gives him. Um, yeah, so that's just going to continue as long as it works out, really, and that we're cool. all happy with that.
0: So I just want to say, you know, for the listeners who aren't necessarily based here or don't know about how, how surrogacy works here, it's not legal to accept payment for surrogacy, but you can claim from the, the intended parents usually pay for any lost earnings, other out-of-pocket expenses, and just your the, the cost of your health and well-being during... Um, the pregnancy and all of the treatments and everything. So I just wanted to confirm that for anyone who doesn't uh, doesn't know how that works financially here in the UK. Yeah, um, that's right. Um, what can doulas and midwives and even friends and family do to support a family who are having their baby via sub- surrogacy or a pregnant person who is having who's carrying a baby for another another family? What can we do to help?
1: Um, I mean again like I said right at the very beginning I mean I'm blessed to know to have this wonderful circle of network of support and so for me right in the early days I kind of handpicked several doulas who I trusted um, who kind of were there right with me right at the very beginning informally um, to listen and because of how the journey went through the roller because it was a real roller coaster before we were successful if you like and so just having those people to offload to to listen impartially and just confidentially and not give me their personal feelings about it because I mean I was so blessed to have virtually everybody in my life has been supportive some people who've known me best and know that sometimes in my life I've struggled a bit with mental health, uh, were a bit worried about how I'd cope with it, and I appreciate that care. Um, but they were there for me, and yeah, so it was all positive. I mean, unfortunately, my mother took a while to accept the idea, and mm. probably, you know, it, was, it wouldn't be what she wished for me, but she kind of, yeah, and so I kind of kept her arm's length in the process because it was important for me to stay positive, um, for every reason, really, um yeah, and then so just having that doula support there um was crucial, really, and because I felt like I wanted it to be a real team, um because that was really important to me with the parents and myself and the doula, and so I wanted the parents to know that they had somebody as well that didn't have to involve me, um, so that was kind of separate, and so that trust was vital really so to know that it was like we could all communicate with whoever whenever as as we needed really to feel supported and safe um yeah and so the midwife was kind of chosen right at the very beginning because and then obviously so knew that knew that what had happened in our journey um and so when we were finally able to employ her formally then that was wonderful because it was like she already knew the background and who we were and what we wanted and things so just came and joined our team really Mm yeah um and again and doula wise um yeah we'd had a little swap of doula just because it was a sensitive issue which made it a bit awkward um but yeah so she came she kept the doula who was with us at the birth kind of came in very last minute um yeah which was a bit of a unexpected pickup in our journey um yeah but came in and kind of took us all on in that situation and gave us the support that we needed and wanted um yeah yeah and, and as i've already said you know with our experience with the hospital staff that were there were just seamless really. Um, I mean I'd managed to see the um, consultant midwife who we'd met with in our labour um, and so it was lovely to see her. I haven't seen her since unfortunately but we okay. sent her an email afterwards to you know personally sort of thank her for all of everything that she'd you know done for us in the pregnancy um, and labour and um, Yeah, so obviously because everything's changed, you know, things haven't been able to happen
0: Mm -hmm. as
1: easily as they might have done. Otherwise, you know, we might have taken them in to see them and things like that. And that's
0: not an option at the moment. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah, Um, but just.
0: I like to ask, I like to ask if there's anything that was that would be less helpful, you know, so that could make things actually more difficult than helpful.
1: Yeah, I mean, just judgment, you know, Mm. negative opinions. Because you know what you because ultimately, this is their baby, I was as I explained it to my children in the very early days of meeting them, and they were a bit confused as to how surrogacy happens. I kind of had the, the idea came to my mind um that I said, right, imagine that next door has a chicken that they want cooking, but their cook is broken they could. We could cook the chicken in our oven, but it's and then we give it to them afterwards because it's their chicken, and that was just the idea that came to my mind. And eventually, after a few questions, they kind of it made sense to them. That's a perfect explanation. That,
0: that makes complete sense.
1: <laughs> That's just what came to my mind, and I've since discovered some lovely children's surrogacy books that explain it in different ways. And um, yeah, so this information is out there for people to explain it to those who are struggling to understand. But for me, you know, I was just, you know, I've, I've cared for so many children as a nanny and nursery nurse in my previous career. Um, and so, you know, I'm so used to caring for children and then, but they're not mine. Yeah. And so this was just a variant of that. Really. I was growing a baby, you know, I've given, I used to give my um, milk to the neonatal babies with my, um, with my previous babies. Um, and I've given blood as a blood donor, um but so this was just I'm just in my room for nine months yeah Um, and so that was just a variant of all of that
0: really um and what about while you went about your day-to-day business you know shopping and when we could do things freely um when you went around (laughs) about your day-to-day business people would ask you about the pregnancy how would you say how would you explain it to strangers you know the person at the checkout and he says yeah oh when's your baby due la 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 all of that Yep, I mean, to me,
1: I don't know why, but for me, I was very really open about it right from day one because surrogacy is something that is increasingly known about through just it. I think it is, it happens more often these days. I think again, as I said before, in particular areas are more used, are more common than others. Don't know why, it just is, um, and also some high pro high-profile surrogacies. So, exa- for example, Robbie Williams and his wife Ida have had two surrogate babies um um it's been on television programs you know sometimes less less positively with you know sort of more drama added to it um but you know when it happened it's just escaped me who else has had them
0: in high profile (laughs) cases um i remember i saw a program we know more about it yeah, I saw a program where it was, it was kind of extreme pregnancy. So, you know, there was a person who didn't know they were pregnant, um, you know, a person, a um, person who wanted to do a lotus birth, which I didn't think was actually, should be classified as extreme. But, you know, this was, it was a very mainstream channel that it was on. Um, and one of those was a, a, sur- a, fa- a surrogacy family. And it was just, it was so fascinating and um, wonderful to watch. Um, especially the, you know, as the intended parents receive their baby, like you're saying that video, you know, yeah. I, even though I don't know that family, if you showed me that video, I would probably cry too, um, because <laughs> it's, it's a magical moment to watch anybody receive their baby for the first time. Um, yeah. but when it's been so hard fought, um, and how they've kind of felt possibly disassociated from the situation because they're not carrying the baby. Um, and then to watch them, yeah, we received this miracle, extra, extra miraculous miracle. Yeah, it must be really beautiful. Yeah, and
1: so, I mean, what you were, what you were asking before, so, you know, whether it be people that I know in the village, because when I started showing, obviously, it was like, oh, and then, you know, people must have talked, because every now and again, people would say, oh, and it's a surrogacy, isn't it? And I'd be like, yes. <laughs> and so the news was getting around, which kind of took the job from me, really. So it did me a favour. Um, you know but even like say strangers you know asking me so I'd give them the facts and say oh yes you know I'm this many months or it's due at that time and i would say oh but it's not mine I'm a surrogate because you know to me I didn't want to have to you know if I'd hidden that information away and then those people see me afterwards they're like oh well she hasn't got a bump she must have had the baby but where's the baby
0: yeah so so demystifying the whole process is a good idea yeah
1: and just you know, and they, and so some people would be like, oh, okay, or some people, you know, the amount of times I was told how wonderful I am, and mm. I'm not good at hearing that, <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at being humble, Um, so yeah, people would tell me about that, and so I'm like, I'm just, I'm just me, I'm just carrying a baby for someone, or people would say, oh, I've never met a real-life surrogate before, and it was so lovely, as we, but, you know, I was over, because I decided right at the very beginning, right, people aren't going to like this it's not going to be you know i'm not going to be supported and therefore i knew that anything else would be a bonus and oh my goodness you know the positivity which i've encountered again i'm getting weepy Mm -hmm. um because it has just been you know people have seen it for the gift that (laughs) um that it it is because at the end of the day i am giving life to an amazing beautiful couple yeah have wanted it for so long and you know they thought they, they were nearly there and then they weren't and so to be able to do that it's really humbling because I'm that person that's done that for them yeah so that for them is you know that gives us this amazing bond no matter where them and me are in the world we always have that connection that I carried their baby and he's their baby because heck he's going to look like them and their family because of dna but you know a little bit of that dna remains in me yeah and
0: yeah because that is biological apparently we carry the dna of all the babies we carry
1: yeah i actually
0: Um, when i did my ivf journey i was part of a facebook group where um other people who were going to the same ivf clinic um were in and there was a, a woman there who was who was having a baby um for some other people and um their baby, her baby looked like her other children, the baby that was born, even though it was, yeah. you know, biologically, the embryo wasn't, you know, part of her. Um, the baby yeah. did look a little bit like her Her children. They looked like they could be siblings, um, yeah. which I thought was actually really sweet. And they did have, you know, have a lasting relationship afterwards, almost like, um, like family, like cousins, you know? Yeah. yeah. So my last question is, yeah. um, Is there anything you want to say to either families who are looking for a surrogate or thinking about using a surrogate or um, people who are interested in becoming a surrogate for an intended family? Yeah, I
1: mean, most of my knowledge has come through the journey. I didn't know that much before. I mean, I've learned, you know, the my beautiful intended mummy well she's not intended anymore she's now the (laughs) mummy um she had done all the groundwork before and so she was teaching me which was quite lovely that you know i knew lots about pregnancy and birth but she knows lots about um the surrogacy journey and all of the all of the different aspects to it um So, yes, we've kind of learned together, really, and grown in that. So this is why I want to use my experience now to help other people um, and inform other people um, because, yeah, it's a minefield out there. And boy, is it a roller coaster um, because, you know, you think you're going up and then you go down and then it goes on and you're waiting. And so it's crazy. And that's why support is, you know, the support that you know that you can really rely on, whether that's somebody that's close to you or whether it's somebody that's a bit more impartial that is, or a mixture of everything, um, is so crucial because it's, it's hard and it's, you know, when you get the disappointments and, and you're having to wait for things and it's frustrating. And then when you're waiting and you're, and then when you're, you know, you're pregnant, but you might be keeping it secret. And it's so exciting that you're finally having a baby,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, and you want to be able to blab on about it but you don't want to do it publicly because in case you know something happens um so you need those trusted confidence whoever they are in your life um you know no judgment because some people may disagree with with it but if it's not you know nature or whatever but it is nature because ultimately this that little baby started off as a as an embryo that was put into me and that little baby, you know, survived and grew and is doing amazingly now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that support is so vital. You know, information is great because you know how you can maximize the chances of it working. Mm -hmm. Um, um, yeah. So, I mean, Facebook has quite a few groups of surrogates and intended parents on all parts of the journey you know they're only just into it and there's people on it and there's people who've had their journey or journeys and who are obviously experienced and able to help and say what worked for them you know as with anything what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for others but yes you try um and so just you know just hanging in there because a baby is a dream for many people and so you know this is this can be their last resort if they want that baby that is biologically theirs, and so it's and it's becoming less of a taboo now because it's becoming more known about and and more slightly more common um so yeah, just knowing and for anybody that wants to do it, you know I mean say so already I've been having conversations with people because I want to put that information out there um mm-hmm. about how it can be you know, I only have my experience so far, our experience um but I'm so passionate about it and I've learned so much about it and you know, I'm just one person, but yeah, if I, if, if I can just help little in a little way by getting the information out there, then I'm really passionate about doing that yeah. um, and supporting people because as I said before, you know, it's, it's so, the support is so critical to be able to survive the journey if you like. So yeah,
0: um yeah okay well thank you very much anna for speaking to me and sharing your story with us today that was really amazing thank you you're welcome i just want to say thank you again to anna for sharing that amazing story with us Um, and thank you to you for listening um hopefully you'll join us next time